Your life's not over. It's time to reach up like never before. Reach for all that God has for you. Stretch forward your faith. You can do the impossible if you'll dare to believe God. Today is your day for spiritual breakthrough, revelation, reformation, reclamation. If God be for you, who can stand against you? A thousand may fall at your left and 10,000 at your right, but it will not come nigh your dwelling. It's time, body of Christ, to stand firm on the word of God and believe the impossible. Today is your day for salvation. Tomorrow's over. Your past is behind you, but your future is shining bright ahead of you. Lift up your eyes. saying today is your day and if you'll dare to believe me I'm going to astound you I'm going to make all your critics tongues fall out of their mouth their eyes are not going to believe what they're about to behold because I am taking you from the ash heap from the dung hills of this life and I am setting you among princes I'm raising you up to reach a generation for me forget yesterday. you got to forget about your past. It's over. Don't let the enemy remind you of your yesterday anytime. God's not speaking to you about your yesterday. He's speaking to you about your tomorrow. Anything is possible. When you're saved, you're justified and made right with God. And sanctification takes place at that moment, but sanctification is dual. It's instant, but it's progressive. That's why you have to be going from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. Have you ever thought about this? The Bible says that he shall supply all your needs according to what? His riches in glory. The reason sometimes as Christians we run out of supply is because we're staying in the old glory when Christ wants to take us from that glory into a new glory. The glory of the Lord is the tangible weight of his presence. The Shekinah glory of God, we hear that term a lot in the Bible, and, and, and we look at that as the pinnacle. And Rightfully so. That is the pinnacle of all that you can experience while you're still in a flesh suit. The Shekinah glory of God is the very outermost part of his presence. It's the, it's the outermost part of his presence. And that's all you can stand. In a, that's why you're going to have to have a glorified body. But did you know that the supply is in the glory? That's why, that's why this church is here, because it's not okay to come to church for year after year after year and experience the same tangible weight of his presence as we did last year. We have to go on into a greater glory. God has a greater glory for you here today. You are not someone that's just struggling to make ends meet that lives in West Virginia and no one cares about. No, you're a royal priesthood and God has big, big plans for you, but you've got to believe it. Amen. See, the art of receiving is the art of yielding to the word of God and believing what he said more than what you perceive in the natural. That's why Abraham pleased God. Abraham pleased God because he didn't take into account, the Bible says in Hebrews, the age of his own body or, or the fact that his wife's womb was dead. All those things you could perceive in the natural. He didn't look at that, but instead he counted the words that God spoke to him as absolute, and he believed those. He counted it as though it was already done. And the Bible says even though he was unrighteous, it was accredited to his account as righteousness. God's looking for somebody that will believe him today. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, you can believe the Lord right out of your current circumstance and into a greater measure of glory than you ever thought possible. You can leave lack behind. Whatever you're lacking in any area, the supply is found in the glory. And if today you'll begin to look for a greater glory, you'll find a greater supply. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He wants to take you into that today. He wants to take you into places that angels fear to tread. Oh, my. Well, hallelujah. That's in your Bible. That's in your word. He wants to take you into the deeper things, into the greater things. There's a breakthrough here with your name on it today. See, I've got to get your faith up because what's going to happen is the Holy Spirit is going to touch down in this place today. And he's going to do more for you in 30 seconds than I could do for you in 30 years. But i got to get your faith up to the place that you understand you're entertaining the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the greater one that's on the inside of you is flowing from the inside out and he's making he's making oases he's making rivers in the desert he's watering everything he's taking care of you you've got nothing to worry about hallelujah you've got nothing to worry about i'm not just talking about finances i'm talking about every area of your life no cancer will take you out you'll not die from a disease You'll not die from some type of mental illness. It's not going to neutralize you before your time. You're going to do everything that God said you're going to do, and it's not based upon your performance or your word. It's based on his word and you believing what he said. It might not look like it right now, but you're going to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to work the miracles of Christ. You're going to see the miracles that Christ worked and greater things to those who believe you'll work those things. And people will say, you can't do that because you don't have a, you know, a, a seminary or cemetery degree or whatever it's called. You haven't been to Bible college, which is really bridal college. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can promise you every lady at Bible college, they may be serious in their, you know, walk with the Lord, and they may be there training to be a missionary or whatever. But that is really tertiary or secondary to their look, their, 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 you know, their gazing and looking for a man to marry, and that's good. We want women to marry men, and we want men to marry women. It's crazy you got to say this stuff. You know, it's like, where am I? Am I in a video game? If this is the matrix, let's press the reset. Something has happened. Control-Alt-Delete. There you go. Brother's going back to MS-DOS over here. <laughs> He's been around a while, you know what I mean? <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. Yeah. How many of y'all remember MS-DOS? That was before Windows. That was when you turn on your computer, and it went beep, 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 and there was just a green screen with a little blinking thing over here, and you had to type everything you wanted it to do. Yeah. And they had floppy disks. How many of y'all remember that? How many of y'all remember the giant ones? You could get almost, a, you know, almost 80 megabytes of information on that giant one. That's, a, that's about a third of a song today on iTunes. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, but see, God's got something for you, but you've got to believe it. You've got to believe that your supply and your source is not your job. You've got to believe that you're not held in a state of limbo by the region that you live in, by the pedigree that you have, or the people you know. You only need to know one person, and that's God Almighty, and believe his word, and he will take you there. Now, I'm preaching really good. I'm not screaming today, but I'm preaching really good. And there's some of y'all in here, you desperately need to hear the word of the Lord, because if you can get this in your spirit, all of a sudden it'll catapult you from where you are into where God wants you to be, and you'll, you'll, you'll just go from glory to glory. You have one thing. One thing. David said it like this. This one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Do you know what David did? The Lord said to David, you've got too much blood on your hands to build the temple. Now, that's pretty serious. God, who also kills people. No, nobody preaches about that. Hello, the flood? They say there was about 7 billion people on the earth when the flood happened. Did you know that? God, who kills people, looks at David and says, you've killed so many people. Like you are out of control with killing people. And you can't build the temple. It's true. It's what the Bible says. But David says, okay, if I can't build the temple, I'll fund it. 
And he sent out letters to everybody. He said, I'm taking up an offering for the temple. And they sent vast amounts of wealth. But the Bible says, if you read through it, and this is you know, roughly, roughly on today's calculations, it's a, it's a little bit more than $6 billion that David contributed to the building of the temple. How did David, the shepherd boy, get $6 billion? They've actually found out in, in just recent years that the way Israel really uh, co-opted or received the wealth of the world is through copper mines, which was a rare material at that time, that they discovered in the region of the Dead Sea. And because they were mining copper, the, the wealth of the nations of the world, kings sent them their gold and silver for their copper that they needed for tools and weapons. Are you listening to me? And David had so much money that he didn't even tip God. He didn't give everything he had, but he gave $6 billion to build the temple. That's because one man who was a shepherd boy learned how to entertain the presence of the Lord, and in a field with sheep poop all underfoot, he went from glory to glory to glory to glory, and the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Hallelujah. You've got one mission in life, and that's entertaining the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That should be the first thing on your mind when you wake up. That should be the, uh, the preeminent thing in your mind throughout the day, and that should be the last thing in you, on your mind when you go to bed. You should call everything else in your life in order so that you can entertain the King of kings. And as you do that, the glory, hallelujah, of the Lord will begin to fill your life, and you'll find that the things that everybody else is running after, a family that loves you, a family that serves the Lord, that's in their right mind, that's not whacked out of their mind. You'll find all of that will be given you, and you won't have to do anything to have it, but the Lord will give it to you because it comes from his abundant increase that flows to you from the throne of God in his glory. Hallelujah. You'll find out that he'll supply all of your needs. That means you'll never have a need that Christ hasn't already met if you learn how to entertain the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Well, none of this is in my notes, by the way. I mean, I'm just giving you, I, I, I had two, two uh, uh, modes of thought. I may preach one of them for just a moment today, uh, one of which was naming your victory, how to have victory, how to name your victory and then receive it. The second thing I was thinking about is the 10 qualifications for the rapture and how I can prove to you through the word of God that the rapture will take place for those that have been washed in the blood and it will happen before the Antichrist comes on the scene and the tribulation then the great tribulation. That's a huge teaching. That would take some time. So I may go to either one, but for some reason, we're in the glory today because this is church of his presence. You ever thought about why we named it that? There's another church of his presence that Pastor Kilpatrick started uh, out of the Bay of the Holy Spirit, Bay of the Spirit, Bay of the Holy Spirit revival that took place in the mid-2000s down in Mobile. If you don't know uh, Pastor uh, Kilpatrick, you, you should check him out. Awesome guy, wonderful, great teaching. He was the pastor of the, the church, the uh, Assemblies of God Church in Brownsville, when the Brownsville revival started in 96. And he started Church of His Presence. That's awesome. But when I was praying about it, honestly, I called several pastors and I said, there's only one thing that keeps coming to my spirit and this is it. And I don't want to do that because he's already done that. And they said, well, well, why is it, you know, is it just something you like? Or, no, I said, no, I want to be a church where the spirit of the Lord is. Because the Spirit of the Lord holds the answer for everything. But see, you can't entertain the Spirit of the Lord unless first you've been saved, washed with the blood, and secondly, the amount or the depth of the glory of God that you can walk into is, is it literally, it, it, it works side by side with the depth of the word that you know. It is the washing and the watering of the word that grows the seed that's placed in you of the gospel that as it begins to grow, it brings forth fruit and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper in the glory of God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to go into the deep things of God. I don't want to wait till I get there. You know, I mentioned this on a, on a uh, podcast or a, a live stream 
when I was down there. But if you go into, into uh, I can show you how to find the wealthiest real estate in any city that you go into. It's simple. You know, I used to, to do some stuff in real estate, and I thought I knew what was the wealthiest real estate in a, in a given area. But I figured out, actually, the wealthiest, how many of you would like to know the wealthiest real estate in any city, no matter where you go? The wealthiest, the wealthiest city, the wealthiest land, real estate in that city is in the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, there are dreams and visions and promises that were written over people's life even before they were born into the earth that were never realized, all because they didn't learn how to go from faith to faith, from strength to strength, and from glory to glory. They lived only within the limitations of what they could do in the natural, and they never tapped into the supernatural resources that God has. See, that's what God has for you. That's not for a pastor. That's not just for a few. No, that's for you. God's plan for the church is that it would be the highest mountain in the land in the last days. God's plan for the church is not that it's shrinking and hiding and cowering in some corner trying to just make it through in survival mode. But God wants you to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, the lender and never the borrower. He wants you to be the leader. He wants you to put on the whole armor of God. And when you pray with the armor of God, according to the word of God, the words that you speak that come out of your mouth, those words are, the Bible said, they're like a hammer that destroys the yoke of the enemy. So I don't care what the World Economic Forum, George Soros, or any other evil person has planned for the world today. You can get over into prayer right now and begin to speak the word of God through faith. And the word of God that comes out of you, it'll break up every plan of the enemy. That's why I'm preaching to you and telling you right now that the end is not yet. It's not time to pack it up. It's not time to hide. It's not time to retreat. It's time to stand firmly on the Word of God and declare this generation will be saved. America will be saved. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And everybody that rises up against the kingdom of God and the plan of God, the Lord will deal with them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can go home and break into your seed vault. You can go ahead and plant them babies now. Don't save them for later. Plant, plant, plant now. Sow, sow, sow now. Get full of faith, faith, faith right now. And do what God's calling you to do. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I'm preaching victory to you today. I'm preaching faith to you today. I'm preaching about the glory of Almighty God. I'm supposed to be reading scriptures, I know. We got to have scriptures. I'm thankful for scriptures. Hallelujah. But I don't know if I can leave this alone yet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the number one obstacle that the Word of God, Christ during His earthly ministry, now the Holy Spirit, and pastors around the world are dealing with, especially in America, the number one obstacle is wrong teaching or religious things that are in your mind that are keeping you from stepping into the things that God has for you. But I declare over you today that that will not be your story that we're going to take the limits off of God and we're going to go into the deep things and we're going to see God do what he said he would do in each and every one of our lives. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go over to 2 Samuel 22 and verse 36. 2 Samuel 22, verse 36. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Since I laid my burdens down, I feel better. Since I laid, I do, I feel better. Well, we go in some of my old ones. If you don't want to praise the Lord, don't you hinder me. Y'all don't know that one. 
If you don't want to praise the Lord, don't you hinder me. Mm. And it's, well, it's, it's, I tell you what, it's a uh, branch off of the song, praise him in the morning, praise him all day long. I feel like praising, praising him. All right, enough of that. There we go. If you don't want to praise the Lord, don't you hinder me. Uh, you know, you're going way back when you start singing King James in the songs. How many of y'all use hinder in your daily? Yeah, wives are cooking breakfast. Your husband comes in, starts getting in the way. Don't hinder me. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, you know what? My prediction is that the King James English and the, and the King James thing, I'm not a King James only guy, so those of you that are listening that are watching this elsewhere, don't, don't, don't think that. But I think it's going to come back around. Did you see the latest fad with Gen Zers? Did you see what they're doing? They call it silent walking. And that's where they take out their earbuds and they leave their phone at home and they just go for walks. And they've discovered this, that you can connect with nature and you can hear the sounds. And it's called silent walking. And it's this new thing that was trending on Twitter just not long ago. They also discovered this brand new thing called earthing. Earthing. That's where you take off your shoes and you connect with the earth. It's what the hippies called grounding back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of earthing. Then the Lord blessed us and we could afford shoes. Now I do non earthing. If you're into earthing or grounding, there may be some science behind that, but that's another story. Don't get upset with me. Second Samuel twenty two, thirty six. 2236, 2 Samuel, here we go. This will be fun today. You'll like this. 2236. And it says, Thou hast given me the shield of thy salvation, and the gentleness, and thy gentleness, excuse me, hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. Another translation said, you've given me the shield of victory, and your help has made me great. You've given me a shield of victory, and your help has made me great. Now, go on over in the New Testament, because I like to do both. Old and new, just to show you it's a part of your covenant now, to Romans chapter 8 and verse 36. Romans chapter 8 and verse 36. Hallelujah. Well, I woke up this morning with my mind, and it was. Hey, I woke up this morning with my mind, and it was stay. Hey, the devil doesn't like it because my mind is stayed on Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all are going way back today. Romans 8, 37. Are you there? Yep. And this is what it says. For I am persuaded. Oh, excuse me. Verse 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In all these things... What things? Anything. We are more than conquerors 
through Christ who loved us. One translation said it like this. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. See, Christ's plan for you is overwhelming victory. I'll just talk about it for a minute, naming your victory. That way they have a, a title back there. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ray, for everything you're doing. And you can start it right now. Naming your victory. In 2 Samuel 22 and 36, you've given me your shield of victory, and your help has made me great. And then over in Romans 37, 8 and 37, excuse me, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. You cannot be overwhelmed because the greater one who gives you overwhelming victory has already made you more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. But many times in life when things start happening, we start just saying what we feel on the inside. That's a dangerous thing to do. I want to caution you on that today. I want to caution you on allowing your emotions to speak through you without filtering those through the knowledge that you have of the Word of God. Because sometimes situations will come and you will feel overwhelmed and you'll say things like, I'm overwhelmed. But you can't be overwhelmed because he's already given you overwhelming victory. Do you know what overwhelmed means? It means overran. It means you're standing here and you're holding down the fort and all of a sudden you're overran. The army or the plan of the enemy runs over you and you are whelmed over or overwhelmed with something that you cannot understand. The only thing you should ever be overwhelmed with as a born-again believer is the promises of God, the blessing of God, and the presence of God. That's the only thing you're allowed to be overwhelmed with. See, what happens is when the enemy comes in, the Bible says, like a flood, there's supposed to be a comma there. A lot of people read it wrong. They say, when the enemy comes in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That's, that's not what it says. It says when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That, that's what the word actually says there. And see, God has already given you overwhelming victory, but you've got to name your victory. Yeah, in fact, the first thing that happens when you meet someone is you ask them, hey, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? Because names are important, right? Names kind of set the standard, you know. Everybody likes to make fun of, you know, southern people. Well, they're all Bobby Joe and Billy Bob and Betty Sue, and, right? Oh, y'all don't clam up on me now. I do have a family member that's named Jim Bob. And he's a nice guy, too. Yeah, you have to be. With a name like Jim Bob, you have to be nice, don't you? Names are important. They matter. That's why we named our children what we did. And Brother John, if you want to, just turn me down just a, just a touch. Just bring it down just, to, just to about a half a notch or something. But when we named our children, we did it methodically. We didn't just pick out a name. There's nothing wrong with just picking out a name you like. If that's what you did, that's awesome. I personally, I, I like uh, uh, Anthony and Ashley's uh, children's names. I think they're cool. I think it's cool that they're Italian. The Italians are from Rome, right, Italy. Some of y'all are hearing this for the first time. Italians are from Italy? <laughs> Italian. Yes, it all works together, <laughs> believe it or not. And the names of their daughters are essentially part of Greek and Roman mythology. I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. When we named our children, we picked out names that we felt like would point them in the direction of their destiny. 
and we meticulously discussed those names. And me being the master negotiator that I am, I could make no headway with her. Because I had, I had like, you know, I had some things I was pretty serious about, and I couldn't make any headway. So what I did is I came up with actually like a list of names that if she would have said okay to, I probably could have lived with. But essentially, I was taking a, a trick out of the communist playbook, and I was trying to back her up like two or three steps so that when I let her come forward one step, she would be grateful and we could meet in my middle, which was really two or three steps in her direction, you know what I mean, or in my direction. So I came up with names like, um, what, what, what were they? Governor. Governor. Governor Earl Montana. Now, now you, you may not know that one of the founding fathers was a man by the name of Governor Morris. Governor, spelled old school. You know, but I thought, that's going to give him an advantage. Governor, are you here? Governor, you know. Governor's here? Yeah. No, no, it's okay. No, 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 thank you. No, no, uh, I have the microphone. Don't unmute anybody else. I came up with other ones like, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of what they were. What was that? What was, can you get, get another one? What? What? Lord. Come on now. L-O-R-D-E. The Bible says that Sarah called Abraham Lord. Ladies. I'm going to be preaching the next ladies' conference, and you're all welcome to come. When I, once we got married, I told Mindy, I said, you, you don't have to call me Lord right now. I, you know, that's fine. But after she got pregnant, I, I said, now that we're having kids, I prefer Lord or Sire. Either one, so if you want to. He never got that. But name, name, I'm, I'm giving you this so that you remember this, that names are important. And that's why we named our children, you know, Baron, Lincoln, Noah, because that means something. I could bring my wife up here and she could tell you everything it means. At this point, I don't even know. It was important at the time when we got it done. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It was a job well done. We don't know what we did now, but it's done right and we don't have to worry about it, right? Yeah. Same with Nora's name. They mean something because names are important. And how you frame things that you see in your life will largely be based on how you name those things. If you name problems as problems, you will always see them as something that you want to get away from. But if you see problems as opportunities for you as a solution maker that brings solutions from the throne of God to bring a solution into that, then you, you will run to a problem and offer a solution. Now, what you'll have to be good at after that is understanding when people actually want help and want solutions or when they don't. And you can't waste your time with people that don't. Because there's a lot of people that say they want a solution, but really they want to stay in the same old thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. You got to stay away from those people. But names are important. In fact, God reveals different names that you can refer to him as in the Old Testament, right? Friendships, relationships, they all begin with names. Most people have more than one name, right? Right? So you may, you may know someone as Pastor Brian. His wife may call him something totally different. Don't say it. You may, you may know somebody as George, and behind the scenes, they may call him Fuzzy or whatever. People in this region are really good with nicknames, too. I've never been more confused in my life than after we had children, and my wife gave me all the names. Uh, we allowed, don't do this, by the way. We allowed grandparents to pick their names. 
Listen, it's been grandma and grandpa going back since the English language was founded. We've got Neen, Mimi, Mama, Mimi, Moo Moo, My My, Pop, Pop, Pop Pop, Papa, Granddad, Grandpa, I mean, it's like she, Pat, Grandpat, Pappy, and, and you know, Neen. I mean, she sells the people. I'm like, who are we talking about? It's been six years. I don't even know who these people are. Can we not just put Grandma, Grandpa Bradford, Grandma, Grandpa King, Grandma, Grandpa Chancy? Will that work? That'll clear it up. You know what I mean? But see, who, who, you know, the, the relationship that you have with someone, the name that you may know them by will change based on the relationship that you have with them. And that's why God revealed in the Old Testament different names that you could know him as. And his names are really characteristics of who he is. You can't separate God from healing. You may know God, and you may be on your way to heaven, but never experience healing, all because you didn't know him like that. You never knew that he was the healer. You may know God and know him as Savior, but you might not know him in such a way to understand that he's also provider. But see, you've got to get to know him as provider to partake of the provision that is really part of his personality. Are, are you understanding that? It, you, you may know him as savior and healer, but you might not know him as deliverer. And see, the anointings of God, they're compartmentalized. That's why you see people, some that even preach the gospel, and they see tons of people healed, but they never walk in financial anointing. Or you go to other churches, you know ministries and ministers, and their churches are blessed financially, but they never have anything supernatural happening in the realm of deliverance or miracles. Because the anointings are compartmentalized. And there's a difference in having faith for others and then having faith for you. That's why God wants to start with you having faith for you. Because a lot of times having faith for you is the hardest part. Yeah, you, you believe and pray and know God's going to heal that other person. But when it comes to you, you know God's going to bless that other person. But when it comes to you, I, 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 you know, well... I'm in West Virginia, well, you know, my family, well, I don't have a college degree, well, we have all these, these pre-qualifications, but that doesn't, that doesn't limit who God is, it simply limits who he can be for you. Yeah, it limits who he can be for you. Because see, in order for me to call my dad, dad, not only do I have to be born to him, which everyone that is in the family of faith has been born again, but I also had to take upon myself his burden and his yoke and act like him and do what he asked me to do and recognize his authority and grow up to be a son that he could be well pleased in. I'm sorry, I come from the old school. If I had to come in, if I promise you, if I would go into my dad's house right now, Dressed up like a woman with big dangly earrings, he'd say, son, I love you, but you are whacked out of your head, and you cannot come to Thanksgiving. You cannot come to Christmas. You need to get your life right. You're going to bust hell wide open. You need to repent and get right with the Lord, but you're not going to come in here and disrespect this home right now, and I'll be praying for you. Amen. And that wouldn't be mean. It'd just be dad. But see, I can call him dad because I was born to him. How many born-again people? but also because I've spent time with him and I believed his words when he said, son, if, you, if you'll do this, this will be the result in your life. And I trusted his word, so I know him as father. I know him as counselor, my dad. I know him as leader. I know him as protector. I know him as provider. You might not know my dad as provider. You might not know him as protector. Mess around and find out, huh? <laughs> wouldn't take much you could figure it out jack around with the church or his family you'll see a different guy but you don't know him as that because you haven't taken time to be around him enough to figure out that those are part of him too it's the same way with God and see you've got to name your victory you've got to be talking victory from the very first moment you've got to be naming the victory I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not dirty. 
I'm not a sinner. I'm not what I used to be, but I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. This is what you need to be saying to yourself two seconds after you fall. You need to be saying, thank God I'll never be that again. I'm not going back to that. In Jesus' mighty name, I'm delivered. And you, you need to run to the Father in that moment and say, I thank you, Lord, that you don't reject me, but you pick me up, you clean me off, and that you've still got a great plan for me, and that you're, you're calling, that your giftings and your callings are without repentance. I thank you that you're giving me absolute victory. I don't want to be that person, and I'll never be that person again. I am who you called me to be, and I'll be what you say I can be. So you've got to name your victory. You've got to name the victory before you see the victory. Some of y'all need to begin to speak to your finances. <clears throat> Some of you that are tithers and that give in offerings, but you're not seeing increase, you need to begin to speak to your finances. You need to say, today is the poorest day that I will ever be in the rest of my life. I'll never be this broke again. But I will go from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. The favor of the Lord rests on me, and people want to give me opportunities, and I bring blessings to the companies that I'm a part of. You need to name your victory. You need to stop saying about yourself and thinking about yourself what others think about you or what you are raised to think, and you need to start naming the victory. Hallelujah. See, that's what David did. First of all, let me just tell you this. This is what the Lord spoke to me on the plane to share with you, the church, this church here. Some people are just always in a constant state of fighting. They're fighting themselves. They're fighting the devil. They're shadow boxing. Can I just tell you, 99.9% .9 of the problems that you will come in contact with in your life have nothing to do with the devil, and they have everything to do with your choices. Oh, it's quiet in here right now. Some people are always fighting. They're fighting, fighting the devil, fighting this one, fighting that one, fighting this, fighting, fighting, fighting. Don't ever fight anything unless you ask first, what is the reward? David didn't fight Goliath until he said, what's the reward? You ever notice that? David said, what's the reward? He said, who, who is this? David, it's just Goliath. Don't you know? His brother's like, get behind the rock, you imbecile. It's Goliath. He's, he's out, he's mocking the armies of the Lord. And David said, really? Why is anyone fighting him? They said, well, he's challenging. Just one, one, he wants a one-on-one -on -one confrontation. And David said, well, what's the reward? And they told him. They said, the reward is... You get to marry the king's daughter. You get a job in the, in the palace. You get to be a leader in the army of the king. You never pay taxes again. I'd face Goliath right now to get rid of them taxes. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd take him down with a slingshot, BB gun, whatever I got. I'm willing to go to the death to get rid of them taxes. Come on, somebody. Some of you that aren't shaking your head, it's because you hadn't looked at your paycheck in a while and you figured out, what happened here? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 what? Then I still got sales tax and tax, tax, tax. What in the world is going on? David said, what's the reward? They told him. He said, I'll take him. I'll take him. He never entered into a battle that there wasn't a reward. When he was out fighting... He was camped at Ziklag, and foreign armies raided. They stole their wives, their children, everything they had, and the mighty men came back from battle. He's already on the run from King Saul. They're ready to kill him, and, and they're saying, David, do we go after him? And David says, bring me the linen ephod, which is the garment that the priest would wear. He puts it on and worships the Lord, and then he comes out at dusk, and he says, we're getting ready to go because the Lord has told me that, that we're going to win. Can you imagine your wife and your children just taken, and David says, we're not going into battle unless the Lord says we're going to win. Can you imagine that? That's not how we operate here in West Virginia. You come home with your wife and your children, and you're like, you're calling all your buddies. Load up. We're getting ready to go. Get the dogs. Get the side-by-side. -side, get the radio. You're locking and loading the AR-15. I'm loading the new, new gun. Amen. Pastor Ryan got me. <laughs> You're checking to make sure the flashlight and the laser and everything's working. I mean, you got everybody. Granddad is coming out on the wooden peg leg with his pipe and, you know, muzzleloader. Everybody is going to go find them. It's like a militia. I mean, it's it. 
David says, uh-uh, we ain't doing nothing until I see what the reward will be. And God says, you'll pursue, you'll overtake, and you'll recover all. And David names the victory to the people that are with him. He said, we're getting ready to go, and we're going to pursue, we're going to overtake, and we'll recover everything. Amen. He named it before he went. Stop allowing the enemy to do whatever he wants in your life and agreeing with him through emotions. Don't react to the circumstances in the situation, but rather respond according to the word of God and say the victory that you will see in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah. See, Genesis 2 and 4, from Genesis 1 to Genesis chapter 2, it shows us that God is first eternal. In Genesis 1, he's eternal. In Genesis 2, we find out that he's Jehovah. Then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, we find out that he, he creates the heavens and the earth, and we find out that he's God creator, and he desires to be God eternal, God Jehovah Jireh, your provider, and God creator in your life. He's revealing who he is. This is why God tells Moses this story on top of Mount Sinai. He's telling him who he is. And he's saying, look, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will not change what I did then. I'm the same now. I'll keep doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Hallelujah. See, he's already called you victorious. So you got to name your victory. Hallelujah. you got to name your victory. If you have no confidence in yourself, you ought to have confidence in him. I am victorious through God. Hallelujah. In times of weariness, you got to go to Exodus, Exodus 17 and verse 2, where the Israelites are complaining to Moses, and they're saying, give us something to drink. <coughs> Excuse me. And Moses, he says, uh, uh, come down to the rock. And he strikes the rock, and water comes out of the rock. The Lord shows him that in verse 6. And then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 that the rock was Christ, the solid rock, the cornerstone that was struck, beaten, and crucified on the cross. And that rock, can you imagine this? If you read that, the Bible says that that rock followed them through the desert. Can you imagine three million people going through the desert and a huge boulder behind them that's gushing out water? That's what was happening. Think about this for just a second. Why? Because Christ is your provider. Oh, hallelujah. He's a bridge over troubled water. He's whatever you need him to be before you need him to be that thing. He is a river in the desert. He is the rose of Sharon. Hallelujah. He's the bright and morning star. He is the first, the last, he that was, he that is, and he that will be. He's the one that gave you life, put breath in your body, and no devil in hell can take it out. No disease, no problem can cancel you before your time. You're going to make it. Look at your neighbor. Tell him you're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. It's all going to work out. Simply name your victory. Well, glory. Yeah, you got to start naming your victory in your marriage, your victory in your children. You got to name it. He said, well, well, Pastor Jordan, I love you. They're great. They're wonderful. But, you know, they're just not living for the Lord. They're just not. No, no. No, no, start naming it. They're going to serve the Lord. I got a covenant with God. See, God's showing you who he is so that you can expect him to be that for you. You ever thought about that? You can expect him to be that for you. Oh, glory to God. I know, I know I'm doing like more a Charles Stanley delivery today. But you can, you can still receive this by faith. Trust me, I spent like almost 20 hours in the airport from Sunday to Monday. I still haven't recovered. Y'all pray for me. Flight canceling, overbooked, this, that, and the next. I had to pray not to lose my salvation. I'm telling you, I was in there. I tried to get a car, rent a car to leave the airport. There were no rentals, major city in the U.S., no rentals outbound. 
I was looking for somebody for, you know, if I could just get like, could somebody make me a license? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I needed my Italians. Yeah. He was like, get me some paperwork so I can just get a car. I'm five hours from home, but I can't get home. You ever seen that movie Terminal? I don't remember it being very good, but that's like, a, you know, I was so exhausted by the end of it, I don't even think I was speaking English. I was walking around, I'm like, blah, 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 blah. you ever tried to find a place to charge your phone? Oh, my Lord. You have no idea. And when I finally got on the plane, it was a puddle jumper. My feet were facing one way. My knees were facing another. My back was this way. My head was that way. And I got off the plane going. I was never the same. Yeah, I should have called the Italians. You know somebody? I know a guy. I could take care of him. Yeah, I know they would have. That's why I didn't call you. See, in times of worship, the Lord says that we read in the same, same chapter, it says Moses built an altar and he named it, the Lord is my banner. In other words, his banner over me is love. Yeah. The Lord's going to take care of you no matter what happens. You need to name your victory. You need to begin to name what 2024 is going to be to you right now. You can think I'm crazy. You can think this is a name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. But I'm telling you, you need to begin to name it. 2024 is going to be my year of breakthrough. My family is going to come back together. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some stuff you can bite into here. My finances are going to go to the next level. 2024 is going to be the year of the open door where I own a home instead of rent a home. 2024 is going to be the year that I'm debt free. Whatever it, is, whatever it is you're believing for, you need to begin to speak it right now. And then you need to take every opportunity and put every effort that you have alongside of faith to make it come to pass. Don't be in bed at 2 p.m. on Saturday. You know, it's like, it's my day to sleep in, but this is my year of breakthrough. No, probably won't be. Hello. God's got to have something to work at, you know, work with. It's easy for the enemy to hit a, a steel target. You ever played Battleship? You need to be the one on the move. Is anybody getting anything right now? I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know. I think, I think we've landed. I don't even know. It seems like the oxygen masks have come down, and everybody's getting high on rich oxygen right now. You've got to name your victory. Name it. Name it this year, even before you get ready to go into the holiday season. Name what's about to happen for you. Name what's about to happen for you in your job, in every situation of your life. Name it. Say, this is what's going to happen. This is, about, this is, this is exactly what's going to go on. And then if it, something happens and it looks like it's different, then just stand anyway. Hallelujah. You know, I heard a testimony about a businessman that had never tithed before, never given any offering, but you know what? He wasn't even a Christian, but he decided he was going to start tithing and giving offering. And, and so the Lord spoke to him about it. He heard a message on TV, and, and he, began, he sent in tithe for the whole year and offering for the whole year, just boom. And he was right in the middle of selling his business. He had it ready to go. All they had to do was close like you know, a couple days away. So Sunday, they think they were going to close Tuesday. And, and so Tuesday comes, the guy backs out. He's like, I've been in business for 30 years. I've never had one deal fall through, never had one person back out. It's like, Lord, what about this tithing thing? And, and the Lord said, since you've tithed on it, look, look at what happened. One year later, now this is recently in this economy we're in right now. One year later, he sold his business for 10 times the amount that he was going to sell it before. Why? Because God says if you're going to start tithing, and if you're going to get in covenant with me, I'm not going to allow you to have less than. I'm going to set things up for you to have more than. Hallelujah. God wants to give you more than this year. This year. This is your year. This is your year. This is your year. Don't be a part of the most expensive real estate in every city. But this is the year. 
This is the time of the open door. This is the time when you're supposed to step forward, stretch your faith, believe God, do the impossible because it is the wind of faith, the wind of his spirit that's empowering you to do it. This is the year for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor, you're you're preaching a pretty serious message here. No, I'm telling you. As for me and my house, we're going to step into it. We're going to step into it. We're going to step into the supernatural. We're going to step into the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is on me. It's on me. If you believe it, say yes. Not that it's on me, that it's on you. I believe it's on me. You got to believe it's on you. Hallelujah. We're in a new covenant. We're not waiting for an angel to dip its wing in the pool and spin it around, you know, so you can fall in. No, the blessing of the Lord's on you. The favor of God is on you. And this is your year for more than enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More than enough health. More than enough peace. Some of y'all haven't had peace in years. You need peace. You need peace to sleep like a baby. Peace this year. Cheers in Jesus' name. Start naming your victory. Start saying what's going to We named our children because, in fact, if you go back in the Old Testament and you find out, how many of you have ever done that study? It's a whole teaching. Done that study on the first eight names of the people in the Old Testament. Never have? It's incredible. And I don't even have time to go back to my notes and find them. I, don't, I think those are on paper. They're so old. Uh, but it's incredible because names, every name in the Bible means something. Yeah. You know what Moses means? Moses means from the water or delivered from the water. You know why that's important? Because God was going to use Moses to deliver his people through the water. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? See if we can find it. I'll give you this and we'll go home and eat some popcorn or whatever you got. Hallelujah. I don't even like popcorn. Whatever you want. Well, hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I don't even know what's going on with that guy. Here we go. Let's see if I can read this to you. Here they are. This is the message that God gives us in the meaning of the first, excuse me, 10 names of the Bible. So from Adam to Noah. This is what it means. Adam's name means man. Seth's name means appointed. Enosh's name means mortal. Canaan's name means sorrow, but. Mahalalel's name means the blessed God. Jared's name, which is Jordan in the Old Covenant. Jared's name means shall come down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Lamech means the despairing. Noah means comfort or rest. So when you put it together, this is what the first ten names of the Bible mean. Man appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing comfort or rest. That's how important names are. You got to name your victory. Don't just wait for it to come upon you. It's not just going to happen. You're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and understand that success is a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Rick Patino, he tapped into this with a book called Success is a Choice back in the 90s. You should get that book and read it. We're talking about the Bible today. But it's a choice to say what God says. And if you'll say what God says, you'll have what God says you can have. Not say your feelings. Not say your reality. Not say what you can see is the bottom line or the bottom dollar. But name the victory that God has for you. You got to name that. You got to say, I'm going to feel better in 2024. I'm reclaiming my health in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to run on and not get weary. I'm going to feel better than I ever have. I'm going to be like Caleb and Joshua. I'm going to have as much strength at 80 as I had at 40. You got to have to name these things and believe that you're going to have what God says you can have. It's a covenant for you. 
Well, I'm on a fixed income. No, you're not. You're not on a fixed income. You, you have a supply that comes from the throne of God. And he's looking for people to make himself mighty through. Stop operating in your own ability and what you can do. Because what you can do is limited. And you'll never reach the promises of God for your life based on your own ability. But you've got to get into the supernatural ability of God. The treasury of heaven that's got to flow into your life. How does it happen? You've got to speak the word. Well, glory. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and give a rating. To learn more about our ministry go to bradfordministries.net.